0: Welcome listeners to the Two Point Culture Podcast. I'm your co-host, Zach De Oliveira. I'm Chase Schwartz. Each week, we'll be discussing recent headlines from NBA and NFL, as well as touching on subjects that interest us, such as sneakers, hip hop, etc. Just so the listeners are quite clear on this, let's go into a little brief background about us. Chase, do you want to start it off? lovely man
1: um so like i said my name is chase schwartz i'm 33 years old i'm a massive eagles fan i bleed green uh been a supporter ever since michael vick joined the team back around 2010 i believe that was um outside of that massive celtics fan huge kg fan uh ironically i know a little bit about zach's history so they're always going to have that clash <laughs> a little bit like there's always going to be little ties in history for that yeah um and that's about it on my end. Got into sports when I was uh, a little bit younger, as being the youngest of four siblings, trying to earn my way, keep my stripes. You know how that goes. So I got introduced to basketball very young. Fell in love with football at a much later age, just due to friends. And uh, yeah, here we are. Zach, what about you? Give us a little bit of history of yourself, brother.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, by the way. Um, I'm 27 years old. I'm a huge Colts fan and Lakers fan, as. Chase kind of just alluded to with that little rivalry right there. Uh, As far as the Colts are concerned, growing up, it was really, are you a Manny fan or a Brady fan? And I tended to kind of side with Manny because everybody loved Brady, right? Like, that was just it. I just – I couldn't bring myself up to cheering for the guy. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Fair enough. Uh, First memory, though, as a Colts fan, probably – heartbreak unfortunately it was probably the 2005 afc divisional game against pittsburgh so colts are down by three you know bettis has the ball on the goal line and for the first time in god knows how long he fumbles our our corner harper picks it up and he's running and big ben kind of hits a shoestring tackle out of nowhere it was the most deflating i guess one to two two minutes of my life because it kind of I knew at that moment that it kind of came down to Mike Vanderjack and his foot and good old Canadian boy Mike Vanderjack had to miss the field goal (laughs) to tie the game (laughs) so yeah basically from there on I kind of realized that you go with the highs and the lows of your team and I'm gonna battle on through this So I decided from that moment there, I'm a Colts fan. And hey, I got one back against uh, Chicago. Great win. win. Great win. Peyton got his Super Bowl. I got my Super Bowl. It's probably the top moment of my football fandom life. That and seeing Andrew Luck each way dominate. And then I've gone through the lows, right? The Andrew Luck. Early um, retirement. retirement. Yeah. (laughs) It's terrible. That first year without Peyton as well was a little bit rough for you, I'm assuming as well. No, because the first year without Peyton was great because we had we had luck, and he showed some promise. So no, it wasn't... I, I
1: meant the neck injury,
0: not oh, the, the neck yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was terrible. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. I mean, hey, franchises grow, and they have to go through the highs and lows and transitions of rosters. It's kind of nice to kind of come full circle, and it, it looks like they have some promise this year. So, hey, hopefully it works out. Carson Wentz, am I right? Hey, man,
1: listen, I'm excited for you guys, but we'll get into that later. But I will say, much like you, Zach, my history with the Eagles, my first football game actually watching was, uh, I believe it was the 2005 Super Bowl when the Patriots played against the Philadelphia Eagles, and it actually came down to Adam Vinatieri, who is your your local legend now. I mean, now he's great. <laughs> now he's at great. That, at I that mean, time, I, no. <laughs> but at that time, we were cursing him out for because he wouldn't miss, Mr. Automatic, but no, just for just for a recap of that, we, there's more history there between our, between the teams that we like and their depiction of hate for the towards the Patriots, hate quote
0: unquote. Yeah, so basically, what we're trying to say, listeners, is that we really hate the Patriots. <laughs> that's that's just it. <laughs> there's no there's no tiptoeing around there. But we respect them, and we'll still talk about them. Of course. Uh, as for the Lakers, I mean, I flip flopped for a couple of years, went back and forth. um... I was kind of gravitating towards more players than teams, but my dad's love of of the Lakers kind of grew on me. And I became a fan from that. And plus I also loved watching Kobe night in and night out. Anytime there was a Laker game on, I I was glued to the TV. I remember the 81 points against Toronto. Uh, Rest in peace to Goat, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rest in peace is right. So it's kind of nice now. I mean, they won last year and it was a big, sigh of relief, considering through all the little struggles they've had, but I don't want to talk about the struggles that the Lakers have, just because I know there's more franchises that have had a lot worse times than the Lakers. Clippers, especially. Shots fired.
1: <laughs> you, you just
0: pissed off a whole fandom up for us,
1: Great Way to make us go viral, buddy. That's what we do at the two-point call
0: <laughs> We trade shots with whoever wanted, man. Exactly. I'm just happy that with this podcast we can kind of show a little bit of our personal fandom but also talk about other teams that maybe don't even get a little bit of the spotlight in terms of mainstream media in both sports. Of course we're going to try to focus
1: as much as every team on every division to be fair to everybody I mean as much as we can go into the Colts and the Eagles back and forth all day as we do off mic we're,
0: we're going to keep this fairly open and broad to everybody. Absolutely so let's just give you guys a little bit of a history of kind of how this podcast came to be for starters, for the name, two point culture. We took it from two point convert from football. Plus it also relates to basketball with the two point shot inside the arc. And then the culture part was something we just wanted to add, to give it a little bit of a spice. It's something that we feel that we don't always just want to talk about sports. You know, we can kind of venture off into other topics when needed. And that's why culture is very important to us. The history of how Chase and I became friends. Well, Chase, do you want to dive into that one?
1: So me and Zach actually met through a mutual friend. Uh, one of the first times hanging out, we were at a roller derby tournament of all things. Yeah. Um, you know, shout out to Mikey V for that one. Shout out um, Mikey Um No free shout-outs, though. No free shout-outs, B. We're going to take your ad dollars soon. Um, But what ended up happening was we just started having a genuine friendship off of those couple of times of hanging out. And uh, little by little, we found links, whether it was the Celtics-Lakers rivalry or um, our dislike for the New England Patriots or (laughs) – uh, right Memes. now, apparently we're in our quarterback carousel where you have my whole quarterback. From. Yeah. So, you know, there's always been that common ground and me and Zach talk sports all the time off mic. So we just figured why not give it a shot here on a platform that's fairly open to everyone.
0: Exactly. I think sports is so subjective and everybody kind of has their opinion on certain matters. Sometimes chasing a vibe, we relate to stuff and then there's other times where we completely disagree with each other and it's okay that that's something that i'd like to stress there's no i mean besides maybe hard facts of wins and losses there's no real um defining answer well we will say in sports it's it's very subjective
1: every tide turns in the matter of seconds in sports one minute you're at the top one minute you're at the bottom i mean and you're not wrong i mean we're we're just speaking from a fan's perspective we can't really tell you like what's going on internally we can tell you what we think though with based
0: off of what we've seen and how long we've watched sports exactly and i just felt like th- this is just a good fit between both of us we kind of vibe off each other and we we really do share a lot of similar interests so i'm excited for this to be honest like i i can't be any more excited than this this is it's kind of cool to be doing this with you man Hey man, I'm excited for the opportunity to work with you, see what this becomes, and hey man, let's let's make the most of this and keep it going. For sure, uh, as, for fans though, please, I know this is a bit, it might be a bit rough the first episode, but please, comments, feedback, all appreciated and welcome. Uh, you can hit us up on our socials. We'll discuss that at the end of the podcast where you guys can reach us. Always welcome to constructive criticism, guys. We look forward to hearing from you. Absolutely. Um, And Also, any content that you guys want us to discuss, send it our way. Please, DM us. We're completely open to it. That's right. Chase, where can we listen to this podcast? This podcast should be available on Spotify and Apple Uh,
1: when we actually have an opportunity to be in the same room. Maybe video will come with YouTube, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. For now, Apple, Spotify, and should anything else come up, I will inform you guys going forward.
0: We're going to probably do a pre-recording on the Sunday I think we've kind of established and then drop it either on the Monday or the Tuesday we're not too sure yet but we'll have more we'll have further details for you as we go along and we'll try to get We'll we'll definitely keep it consistent all right so let's talk about the NFL chase what a week in free agency this has been right buddy (laughs) absolutely so it's a big time right now in the NFL free agency just started and the new the new league year has also just started Teams are free to sign players who have expired deals to contracts. However, unlike previous years, this has kind of been a little different, don't you think? So this is definitely the most unique year going
1: into free agency that we've seen. Um, the salary cap has obviously dropped. I expected to see a lot more one-year deals than we have, but you know, the market is still fairly open. There's a lot of big names still out there for teams to sign to address these. And I also understand that with the lower cap, um, the draft right around the corner, that we will see probably a lot more one-year deals coming up this week as we see those tier two and two tier
0: three free agents signed. Yeah, for sure. And then also, I think because of the lower cap, I think the draft is going to be quite important to filling out rosters, getting the 53-man roster roster. finalized we'll say 182.5 million dollars on a 53-man roster is not ideal especially after the success that they've been having and the, and the cap continually continuously growing it, it's going to be tough and we've seen some teams have been struggling with it it's kind of cool though because i think we might see a kind of like a shift in, in terms power. of competitiveness from Abs- different teams
1: absolutely i definitely have to agree with you there um, we look at some of the signings as we will get into them throughout the year. I don't think there's a lot of teams that will have the same struggles as they did last year. Teams that are going to need explosive playmakers look out for the draft. I mean, there's a lot of big name wide receivers that are about to come in. And like I said, there's still those tier two, tier three guys that are still up for grabs right now. So we just have to wait and be patient see what they want to do either prior or post draft.
0: So, since some guys have signed right now, uh, it's been about a week in, or about a week in, yes. Um, was there any signings that kind of surprised you the most or kind of jumped off the board? So I'm a little bit taken back by the AJ
1: Green signing. Okay. A little bit caught off guard by the AJ Green signing, more so uh, what does it one mean for Larry Fitz? Their wide receiver core is not something that I necessarily think needs to be addressed overly. But I am going to be like, well, what does this mean? One, for Larry Fitzgerald, I don't think he ever really discussed leaving Arizona. Yet there's still the option that he may uh, return. Pardon me. But um, the other factor, as I look at that team, is they just released Patrick Peterson. And that secondary is the thing that needs tending to, because we've even seen the Kansas City Chiefs get into a 50-point game and lose.
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah, no, that's a interesting. AJ Green is definitely an interesting signing. I kind of jumped off the board when I saw it too. Uh, I do think though that it's going to help Kyler. It gives him another op, like another weapon. But where do, like where does he fit in to the offense? That's 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 the, that's the question that I'm kind of wondering.
1: That's it. I mean, you have you already have um, Christian Kirk.
0: Yep, you have Christian. Kirk. Yeah, you have Christian Isabella. Kirk. To,
1: is Andy Isabella to stretch the field? Uh, they do need a tight end to address. So unless they're planning to play a lot of um, 10 personnel, I believe it is, Mm -hmm. um, or 11 without a a tight end on the field and go three wide receivers, it's just a very interesting predicament to be caught in, especially, and like I stated before, that secondary is in shambles, man. They, there's a lot of other things to address before I think you need to get Kyler another stud wide receiver, like specifically a wide receiver. I think there's another... There's plug-and-play holes that need to be addressed all over the field. I and mean, unless they're trying to make a big play or they're planning to pull a Carolina and strictly focus on defense through the draft, like last year, which the Panthers did, I I just, you know, scratch my head at it all a little.
0: Do you think that A.J. Green will help DeAndre Hopkins? Like, do you think that opens up the field for him more or compared to, let's say, Larry Fitzgerald? Or... Do you think it's two different types of receivers? And I guess it doesn't really affect Hopkins that much.
1: I don't know if it affects Hopkins that much just because I've seen Hopkins productivity um, with Larry Fitz. But we're talking about A.J. Green, and A.J. Green is, one, younger. But, two, he's from past, he's less available than Larry Fitz. So right. if, so, my real big question is this, is what does this mean for Larry Fitzgerald with the signing of A.J. Green? Mm, that's
0: because actually
1: yeah. Because if Larry Fitz doesn't return, okay, and then that kind of makes sense. But if Larry Fitz returns, um, now you basically have two of the same receiver. And yeah, you have two speedsters, but you're, it's just a weird lineup to look at when you're going to go, okay, you have one speedster over top, so we could play him either safety over. And then you have everybody else underneath because DeAndre Hopkins, no disrespect, he's not a speedster. AJ yeah. Green, no disrespect, not a speedster. So... What, what, what are we trying to address here?
0: Yeah, th- yeah, it was, a, it was a weird signing. Uh, it's funny that you you're talking about Arizona, though, because the guy that I chose for the surprise signing, uh, he used to play in Arizona. He used to also be a Miami Dolphin. Mm-hmm. That's Kenyon Drake. Mm-hmm. The two year, it was two years, I think roughly $11 million. I just don't know what the Las Vegas Raiders are doing right now they kind of just seem to be in shambles and it, I don't even know if there's actually like a direction of what Gruden's doing. I've heard through interviews that they kind of want to move Drake and play him at receiver sometimes and kind of have him shift around the field. But again, I'm like, that's, it's just a weird signing. And to me, like if you're Josh Jacobs right now, how are you feeling?
1: Of course. I mean, they, they brought you in, you've performed um, for less word astoundingly to this point i can easily say that i think we've all been fairly improved by uh, impressed by the productivity of josh jacobs but even if they go at wide receiver like what so he's the person that was supposed to replace nelson aguilar like that's not i don't know that Kenyon drake can stretch the field like that
0: he's shown flashes we'll say Mm -hmm. i don't think he's a valuable asset in that offense i guess they're trying to repeat the same process as cleveland was doing last year by trying to establish like a chub hunt backfield scenario a little bit of thunder and lightning fair but
1: also this also means m- number one what does this mean for josh jacobs because before we know right. it, josh jacobs is going to be due for that contract absolutely that's that's the, that's the the next question like is Kenyon drakes have voidable years under that contract does that necessarily mean that um they're going to wait to see the development of Jacobs or the injury, like injuries, how they progress or, mm-hmm. but uh, listen, I don't know if Oakland might be for a once again, non-disrespectful way of saying this, but the, the Houston, Texas of that division. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, like it, it is head scratching and you look at it you're like, but why you, there's so many other things that you need to address. Like why, why haven't we heard of them trying to take a run, Prior to him signing to Miami, though, at Will Fuller, for example,
0: right. No, I agree. Like, there was definitely other holes that they could have filled, especially on defense too. There was a lot of games last year that they blew it on defense, corner, corner, especially. One game that sticks out to me is the game against the Jets. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. How that, that ended—that no game should have ever ended like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know. That's just—it was just a weird signing and. I don't think it really helps their car out that much. Weird. It's it's just a weird one. We're a very weird head scratching signing to look at. Absolutely. Definitely. So switching gears here, free agency, like I said, it started on the 17th deals were finalized at 4. PM Eastern. Now we kind of see how some teams have made their moves and like where they're going and the direction that, that they're trying to take for this coming season just curious chase who do you have right now free agency winners let's go division by division okay afc AFC east who do you have i'm gonna go with the new
1: england patriots
0: okay i have Uh, the exact same oh look at that
1: great minds eh, exactly yeah exactly (laughs) um primarily because one cam newton has a little bit of history running behind that team now
0: absolutely um
1: 2 we've seen bill belichick without weapons and we know right. how dangerous he can be and now he decided to stack the deck and he was exactly. like you know what we're going to address a deep threat our deep threats so we're going to address the red zone you, we were last in tight end production last year so let's yeah. bring that up too let's sire hunter henry and johnny smith let's get nelson Aguilar down there to stretch the field let's get the uh, jalen mills who helped us who helped shut down Rob Gronkowski four years ago in the Super Bowl, and let's continue to run, build the deck and run it now. And I've talked to you about this off mic. I don't really think that I think Bill looked at 2020 as a write-off and -hmm. he was just like, you know what? That's okay. Tom's out. We're going to go into the next year where, you know, God willing, whatever happened because we saw how COVID treated turned out. And how it affected the NFL but if you look at the New England Patriots from how they approached last year they had the third most cap space coming in so yeah I think that the New England Patriots won the AFC East definitely so
0: yeah there was definitely a lot of opt-outs too on their end last year a couple of stats that kind of jumped out at me last year they ranked 30th in passing yards Wow. so by getting the Aguilar uh, born Henry and Smith I think that's gonna at least open up the game I don't think it's going to be pretty football. I think it's going to be real run the ball, run the ball, then quick, you know, four, five short passes. It's a dog fight. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a dog fight. And I don't think it's going to be the prettiest style of play, but it's going to be very effective. And that defense is still scary. Oh, very much. So I know Patrick Chung just retired, but they still get Dante Hightower back
1: um jc jackson resigned we'll see what happens with stefan gilmore as they continue to speculate the trade but they as long as D- bill belichick is at the head of that roster and calling that de- defense i really wouldn't worry too much about their defense and now that their their offense has the weapons to produce we'll just have to wait
0: and see what they do at running back but um, no i'm right there with you buddy just a couple other little stats there. tied they were tied for 27th in sacks last year and 20, and they were 27, uh, 26th, sorry, against the run. So you add Van Noy, you add Judon, and you add a couple of the other pieces that they have, uh, Henry Anderson, there's another guy, plus mm-hmm. Hightower returning. That's going to be a scary defense next year. And they weren't bad this year either. I mean, were they the New England defense of old? No, but they were still respectable. They weren't the Patriots of the last 20 years that we got used to seeing,
1: but no. uh, they, they definitely made sure that. Whatever they thought, whatever they thought had to be addressed. This free agency, they went right away and were like, "That's okay, we'll mm-hmm. we'll work." And I still expect them to make more moves, so they're they're not done yet.
0: Absolutely. Another, just in, in one last note too: their quarterbacks were sacked 37 times last year. So improving the offensive line by getting Trent Brown from Las Vegas and signing Andrews to play center, I think that should help Cam out a little bit. Another thing too watch out for that those red zone numbers to go up. Last year, they struggled in the red zone. Having Henry and Johnny Smith will definitely help them out. We'll jump now to the AFC North. So as far as I have as the free agent winners of the AFC North right now, I'm going to go a little off the board. It's not a team that I expect to contend for the division. And it's not a team that I think will even make the wild card but I like what the Cincinnati Bengals have done so far in free agency. They've just been adding the small pieces for a long-term plan. I think stealing Mike Hilton from the Steelers was huge. Uh, Adding a woozy will help the secondary out quite a bit. I guess a lateral move was getting Hendrickson to replace Lawson. But even at that, at least you're getting a guy who wants to be there and wants to play for your team versus a guy who's probably just looking looking for the next paycheck and looking for the next team that he could carry out his career with. So I, I kind of like those moves. But the best move that they made was getting Riley Reif from the Vikings. That tackle position is very key to keeping Jer- uh, Joe Barrow excuse me, safe. And I'm super excited that they're learning to build the O-line and trying to establish... Um, a bit of a foundation for future success. So Zach, on another note, I'm
1: going to disagree with you a little bit there. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. And now the Cleveland Browns haven't done really much in free agency, but they did do one thing to shore up their defense, which was they added John Johnson into that secondary. And there's not much else. There's a lot of productivity value that he gave to the Rams last year and over the course of his tenureship with them. hmm I really do think that pairing him in the back with Denzel Mims rolling around underneath, I think that's going to be a very dangerous thing to watch for, for uh, offenses that are approaching them. And I'm just excited to see what the Cleveland Browns do going forward into the season. But I do think that the Browns won the AFC North with minimal movement between
0: the Steelers and the Ravens so far. I haven't been impressed by the Steelers or Ravens moves so far, especially on the Steelers side. You know, losing Bud Dupree and then even Mike Hilton, they haven't replaced these guys yet. So I can't declare them the winners of the division through free agency just because they haven't replaced anybody yet. The Ravens. A little lackluster. Yeah, they haven't made any significant moves either.
1: And I'm actually excited to see if Matt Judon's departure means Patrick Queen is growing at a faster rate than they probably,
0: probably anticipated. You can make an argument for either the Browns or Sinzi so far.
1: I think they're the two teams that have improved the most in that division. Um, But I do think that division's nobody's to, like it's everybody's to win and like everybody else's to lose. So it can really, really go either way. I do trust Mike Tallman and um, Harbaugh's coaching. I just do think that the most improved teams off of what we've seen so
0: far would happen to be those two. Switching to the AFC South. Who do you have Chase as the winner so far in free agency? Well, Zach,
1: you're gonna like this. I got your Colts winning that division so far in free. Oh agency. yeah. Listen, All there's right. not a, there's not a lot to be said, and what I will say, but what I will say is this: I'm one of the few people that probably still believes in Carson Wentz. I think that that's a massive upgrade at the quarterback position. I do think he he can be better than Philip Rivers was last year for you guys. Mm-hmm. I understand we're... The year that Carson is coming off of, and um, you know, but there's a lot of other factors no weapons, O line stability. He probably went through like 13 and like 15 games. You have um, the lack of just support from the organization by bu- failing to build around him supportively. But right, most importantly, is this we've seen the mountaintop of what Carson Wentz can be, and we've seen what he can be when he has to put the team on his back for sure. So, when it all comes down to it, it's not a person I'm afraid to bet on, and I really do hope the best for Carson Wentz. So, with that being said, I do think that you guys are probably the most improved team just based on how you addressed your position of need.
0: Yeah, plus they also were able to re-sign a couple of their key free agents. Um, Xavier, uh, Xavier Rhodes, excuse me. Um, Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack, was, which was huge. That's going to establish a nice three, three running back system. Kind of sucks for jonathan taylor fantasy owners but (laughs) hey in terms of colts fans uh, i think that's a win for us more options means different you know different formations that we can kind of line up with and i think frank rex he wants carson to be secured around as much talent as possible i would have liked to add another receiver if i'm the colts but time will tell what happens with ty hilton
1: very, very deep draft at wide receiver too, so don't forget, you still may address that position of need through that, and T.Y. Hilton may still come back as well.
0: Exactly. I kind of went a little bit of a different route for the AFC
1: South. Who do you got?
0: I'll say this. Again, kind of like my Cincinnati pick, I don't think that this team will be that competitive. I don't think that they are a threat to win the division. However, I do like their moves but unfortunately it's by default and that's the jacksonville (laughs) jaguars oh my god (laughs) so i understand that the colts have re-signed some of their key free agents but it's kind of been quiet on their front and they didn't add to their existing cast which kind of makes me think it's kind of just stay the course and hope that the younger guys improve and of take them forward which is great and all but you also know that some young players may regress compared to last year i think they also have a glaring need at left tackle that still hasn't been addressed yet and hopefully it gets addressed between now and the start of the season but it's kind of a cautious area of concern that i have for the colts switching to the titans adding bud dupree although i know a lot of people seem to think that was a good deal I think it's quite a bit of money for a guy who's coming off such a serious injury you're basically just replacing Clowney with Dupree and I don't like what they did with their secondary they got rid of a lot of people in that secondary and they really haven't addressed that area of need plus on the offensive side of the ball they lost 129 receptions last year alone
1: between Corey Davis and John Smith leaving?
0: And Humphreys. And Humphreys. Yeah. So I, I just... And they didn't add anybody on as a wide receiver yet. So for now, I can't give the Titans the win on that end. And last, the Texans, well, they're just a m- cast of misfits right now in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like... It's, it's Right now, it feels like it's just a season-long tryout for most of these players. It's like a one-year deal if you kind of buy into the culture then we'll sign you long term otherwise you're probably bound to move on after this year and it's not a bad thing it's just i just feel that they're probably tanking right now and whatever happens with this alleged incident with deshaun watson um whether it goes one way or the other it kind of seems like they're basically hoping that they can grab a quarterback next year early in the draft
1: viewers total moment of transparency here when me and Zach were doing a little pre-production we were talking about winners and losers of the free agency uh but keeping it very broad but I did have as losers anyone on the Texans just because I don't know what they're doing over there I know they still have to wait for Deshaun Watson but now we don't know if it's Tyrod Taylor leading them going forward uh that running back room i don't think i've ever seen so many linebackers signed to one team in one offseason. like it's just a makeshift of whatever basically
0: yeah it's a, it's a makeshift roster let's i mean we'll call it as it is i feel bad for texans fans because it, it doesn't look bright right now in the future
1: they're, they're just paying for the sins of the astros unfortunately <laughs>
0: <laughs> it kind of feels like it yeah it kind of the does whole, feel the, like it
1: the whole city of houston you lost them you lost james harden you lost russell westbrook i'm sorry houston I'm, my my condolences and best wishes to you over there going forward but yeah the outros uh this is karma
0: yeah t- t's and p's definitely <laughs> thoughts and prayers so that's why it's so like i said by default i have the jaguars i just think that tendering cam robinson and just keeping him there is going to be extremely helpful for for lawrence um in terms of his growth as a quarterback and kind of getting him getting him into the league and adapting to defenses that he's going to be seeing each week. Um, Plus, you know, Marvin Jones might be the best wide receiver that they could bring in for him just because he's been around some pretty good quarterbacks. And he also kind of understands the offense. I don't know. I just, I, I still think that they, they did an okay job. Is it the best job? No, but, in terms of the division that I think they came out ahead. Plus they also have a lot of cap space so they can make more moves between now and the start of training camp.
1: And not to mention um, urban Meyer, as I heard him talk on Friday mor- Thursday morning, Friday morning, whichever one it was on uh, good morning football er- urban Meyer can fire up a team to get motivated to go. Absolutely. I think once they have that quarterback position established, as we all anticipate that they will take Trevor Lawrence through the draft, I really do think that they will probably be quite an exciting team to watch. And this may not necessarily be the Jacksonville Jaguars of old.
0: For sure. Uh, they, they've got some weapons too, right? Oh, they got yeah, Robinson sure, at, sure. at running back.
1: Oh, LaViscus is great, man. LaViscus yeah. is great.
0: Um, so I'm, I'm if I'm a Jaguars fan, I mean, the future looks a little bit better than the Texans. <laughs> I'll say that.
1: <laughs> all, all one of you that I know get hype. <laughs>
0: Hey, you guys got a pool though in your stadium, so (laughs) that should be a driving point. I'm just a little, to be honest. I'm a little bit more surprised that more free agents didn't consider them just because of COVID and what's going on. The no state tax or low state, I should say. Well,
1: both of those can walk hand in hand. Yeah, of course, the no state tax is going to walk hand in hand and make that paycheck a little nicer. But I'm sure a lot of players are looking at like Florida has been open through this whole whole ordeal as as it looked as it's looked to as outsiders looking in like um there's only a few states that i'm could look at and be like well you guys didn't really shut down through the precautionary things and i'm sure players consider that too as they go forward considering families so on and so forth
0: yeah, and I'm I'm also I'm gonna be keeping an eye on the Jaguars too because as the year Boy, you have no choice, so that's true. I'm just gonna have my eyes glued to them this year because I'm kinda of, I kinda of wanna see how Urban transitions into the NFL. Don't forget there's a lot of Ohio State and mm-hmm. even Florida players mm-hmm. playing in the NFL right now, and I'm kind of intrigued to see if any of them as the year goes on and the way that the Jaguars progress, if maybe they start becoming a viable destination in free agency next year and the following year.
1: It's gonna be so, quite telling if that Super Bowl window closed just as quick as it can like reopen.
0: Exactly. So switching to now, let's go to the AFC West. I I really had a real hard time picking between two teams in this. I I went with the LA Chargers on this one versus another team. I'm kind of curious to see if you have this team. But I went with the LA Chargers just because of the improved protection around Herbert. I like the Lindsley signing at center. Uh, I think that really helps Herbert and it's gonna it's gonna give him a lot more protection. It should open up the run game. Play action pass is gonna be a lot more useful. Plus the signing of Jared Cook, I think that's a really underrated signing. Just him versus Hunter Henry. Although I probably always tend to go with Hunter Henry when you go value for value. That's a, I I like the Jared Cook signing.
1: Listen, there's no greater, probably no greater security blanket that they could have gotten him right now outside of a handful. And that includes retaining Hunter Henry, but yeah, no, uh, that's, that's going to be a huge difference maker in that onto that roster and onto Herbert's productivity. Now, as soon as they get somebody that stretches the field down, like as they should, then, then they're going to be ready to rock and roll, and I'm not far off from you in, in supporting your choice. Pardon me for that. Yeah.
0: No, it's a, it's, it's a good roster. I, I, I think they're building something there. Um, Lindsay, uh, Feeler, Beluga, that's a great offensive line moving forward, and I think that's going to really help them out. Um, I really want to see the progression that Herbert has this year under that offensive line. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be even better than he was last year.
1: One thing to watch for Herbert though, and just to point that out because they're under a new offensive coordinator. that's that's the only thing that that's the only differentiating report yep. that maybe keeps them uh, a little bit different from what they looked like last year. But I don't doubt the productivity will go up,
0: yeah. And then also, New head coach as well, right? So that could be a little bit different too. Of course. Um, Year one of a quarterback, when they break into the league, is always fun and exciting. But we really see the improvement between year two and three. Of course. And that's something that I I think needs to be stressed for Herbert. Um, You might see maybe a bit of regression on some things this year. But in other aspects if he can manage them and and kind of build off that momentum, it, sky's the limit for the guy.
1: Absolutely. On, um, on a separate note, if I may take us in a different direction right now, uh, go I'm going to go with the team I have a hunch that you were going to go with and that you were split on, and I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. Yep. So let's look at them as a whole. They just I added Kyle Fuller one-year deal he gets back with his old defensive coordinator so he should transition to this defense quite uh seamlessly mm-hmm. um right behind that they re-signed justin simmons big money they spent 60 million dollars into that secondary now denver fans my only thing that i'm going to point out as is an eagles fan i had ronald darby and i saw him get burnt on those double moves so as much as you guys improve that secondary i don't know how trustworthy one of those pieces is but I'm still willing to be proven wrong. And like I'm 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 a it's a new page. Maybe he thrives under the system. I mean, not we didn't have Von Miller rushing the cornerback when we were trying to when we had him. So we'll see what or happens. Chubb. or Chubb. But I will just suggest um Denver fans don't be too upset if you get burnt by the double move on Ronald Darby once in a <laughs> while. There, all right.
0: Philip Lindsay leaving. Do you think that's gonna hurt them? Um
1: no, because listen, they saw Melvin Gordon I just mm-hmm. don't know what the productivity of Philip Lindsay is and I haven't seen enough things that make him consistently into that like top tier level of running back that you know you you may miss him maybe he fits in somewhere else better but uh no I don't think that that departure will harm them much going forward
0: yeah no, no, I, I definitely I tend to agree with you on that one I really struggled between the two teams <laughs> they both have made the right moves i just always set i i tend to lean towards offensive line especially in free agency because you know having an offensive line is is pretty much key i think it's kind of apparent now that the teams with better offensive lines tend to have better right. records uh on both sides of the ball though sure. also the d line too as well For the sure. edge the edge rush, rushing position has now became critical thanks to the tampa bay buccaneers
1: of course speaking
0: of the Buccaneers, uh, I have them as my NFC South champs for free agency. I just think that they just brought everybody back and players took discounts. You can't, there's not much to say. I mean, let's run it back. Uh, yeah, I have them winning so far.
1: I'm going to keep my point short and sweet because you said all the points that I had to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the South in free agency for me. Um, We'll see if they choose to pursue Odell Beckham or if they choose to return with Antonio Brown, but uh, no, there's not much to cover there. I mean, the Tampa Bay Bucks, reigning champs and they're all ready to... Bruce Arians was telling you, we're going to bring you all back and apparently he was telling the truth. So we'll just see what it is from here going forward. But yeah, the Bucks caught the South for me.
0: In terms of who lost for me though, NFC South, uh, the Saints, that roster is, looks bad it's okay it doesn't look bad but they've lost a lot of key free agents
1: it's it's a rough it's rough to see but no nah, i listen, mean listen look, Fal- just, the falcons are gonna go through it forever i just i mean yeah i mean they they haven't move, moved or done anything super productive to my count or from what i've paid attention to it's just
0: uh, I just want to rattle off a couple of names, though. Drew Brees, retired. Right. You have Trey Hendrickson. You have Sheldon Rankins. You have Emmanuel Sanders. You have Janoris Jenkins. You have Jared Cook. Quan Alexander. I mean, th- those are some right. big losses. Saints fans, don't panic. Too much. Sean Payton seems to figure it out each year.
1: I'm going to argue that part there. Because unless they actually waive Taysom Hill, I mean, we dip, I don't know who has seen those contract numbers. But his contract is currently four years, $140 million. Even though all those years are avoidable, um, and he's right. still competing with Jameis for a starting position, so I don't know what position the Saints are actually sitting in or what they plan to do. But yeah, maybe they're a little bit more head scratching than the Oakland Raiders, even to me now at this point.
0: I could play devil's advocate here. It, what if he? What if Sean Payton's doing what Bill did last year,
1: running it off for one more year,
0: blowing it up next year, and, and, and rebuilding?
1: Listen, Sean Payton has not given us um, much of a reason to doubt him. He will clearly do anything it takes to win. And we've seen his history has shown us in the Saints history. (coughs) Uh, We're not going to get into... uh, Yikes. uh... (laughs) Should that be an edit? Uh... (laughs) Uh, We'll see. (laughs) Listen, listen. but all jokes aside, listen, Saints fans, uh, it could be the exact same thing as bill did who said you know what one more year we'll see what it is but we also don't know what the quarterback market looks like coming out of college yet so a little bit early to speculate we'll see what the saints do going forward
0: uh speaking of quarterbacks by the way mm-hmm. i really like in the nfc east i really like what the washington football team did Brian fitzpatrick <laughs> is an upgrade over all their other quarterbacks that they had last year i don't i i'm sorry if i'm going to take some flack for this Do you know that in the last two seasons, he is seventh in the league in QBR?
1: Uh, I was not aware of that.
0: That was ridiculous when I found that. that.
1: See, this is the ironic part because, once again, I agree with you. I'm going with the Washington football team by the additions that that they had brought, um, which is why I really need Philadelphia to sign Adore Jackson because, you know, Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin alone are two handfuls. (laughs) Are, 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 are it's a stupid combination to even think of exactly but uh listen like i don't know if we're getting Ryan Fitzpatrick that is amazing against Oakland like we're just put this thing up and whoever's out there's going to catch it or we're getting the James Winston version of Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> all i know is i didn't want to give it to Dallas or the giants and here we are sitting at the washington <laughs> football team
0: uh no i just i think personally i I think there's a lot of question marks surrounding the other three teams Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i mean philly hasn't been too active which is you know rightfully so i think they're kind of in a transition year. uh
1: gotta fight with that cap space
0: first for sure and uh, right now they're losing
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a rough go being a philly fan right now but that's okay i mean we just need a, little bit, we need a little bit more than Anthony Harris coming in, and I love Anthony Harris in that signing. But uh, no, it's the Washington football team's division to lose so far as it looks.
0: Hey, As a former punter for the Colts would say, how you doing? Keep it moving. <laughs> 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 for the Giants, I'm not 100% sold on all their moves. I'm, I mean, the Kenny Galladay signing, I'm not 100% sold on. Time will tell as far as I'm concerned
1: right there with you just because that's a big signing a lot of money for a player coming off of with well, a player dealing with an injury history exactly all. um yeah uh we'll see how he fits in with evan ingram sterling Shepard, and kyle rudolph
0: right and i'm expecting daniel jones to spread that ball around next year but who knows if daniel jones is even gonna last till after this year it's it's all debatable right now in New York last but not least Dallas I don't know what to think of them right now
1: um still on fire offensively Dak Prescott even though coming off of the injury we don't know which version of Dak we're, what we're going to see from Dak yet so I'm going to remain sure. leave that door open but the more interesting thing to me is they brought in Keanu Neal and Dan Quinn as their defensive coordinator Keanu Neal there's converting him to linebacker which is a little bit of a head scratcher because
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know um they have uh van der esch yeah yeah van der esch at linebacker already uh Shadobia just left uh, it, there's a lot of pieces up in the air for that secondary right now
0: everybody's expecting Dak to be Dak next year but we don't know how that's going to play out either free agents aside i haven't seen too much movement from those teams uh, I also, back to Washington football team, though, I also really like the William Jackson the third.
1: Great signing in corner, especially from a guy who has a team with very bleak look on wide receiver. I'm not saying I don't bet on the upside of Philly. I'm just saying that looking at the production value of what I've seen, William Jackson should have um, his work cut out from at least against three of those four teams.
0: I think that Two that's a good teams. defense that you're just adding more and more valuable pieces to it Mm -hmm. so i got them winning so far nfc north who do you have
1: not much has changed over here it's still the packers division to lose uh i'm not gonna bet against aaron Rodgers. yes they lost lindsley that can be addressed there's a lot of big names on the market that could probably take center there's probably a lot of good players that could come into the league from this draft and take center as well um but no as far as i'm concerned i'm not really crowding anybody else except for ar12
0: i mean again this is not who i think i think ar12 and, and the packers will probably win the division next year but if i'm gonna go with free agency and what they've done so far i, I find this division's very much like the afc south yeah. uh packers have been quiet they're kind of like the colts um, they just took care of like their signings that they needed to in-house bears and lions are all over the place i'll go with minnesota On this one, side note, Uh,
1: before you continue on, Zach, who's the Detroit of the AFC South?
0: (laughs) (laughs) If I was gonna say, probably the Texans. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Yeah. my bad, buddy. Continue. (laughs) I like what many has done, and it's it's really just for two players alone. Mini last year ranked 27th in in run defense yards and 28th in sacks. Getting getting towards the quarterback, so getting Dalvin Tomlinson should help improve those numbers. Plus, Patrick Peterson, I'm expecting him to have a good year next year and kind of bounce back. I think he's I think he's a little bit more motivated to show that it was really the scheme that's changed and it's not really him and that he hasn't taken a step back. So I'm I'm kind of curious to see how that's gonna go
1: entirely agree with that one um agree with you for those perspectives um you know me and my bias i still hate kirk cousins i don't want to give him any wins whatsoever so i stand there with that
0: hey hey (laughs) if he's not playing a team that's above 500 he's he's all right he's a good quarterback
1: kirk it's not personal it's just i didn't like that
0: (laughs) Okay. NFC West, who do you have, Chase?
1: I'm only with the Rams. I think that the huge upgrade from Matthew Stafford to Jared, uh, from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. Sorry about that, Matt. Didn't mean that disrespect. Um, I do think that they are ahead, even losing um, Gerald Everett. Not a big deal. Matthew Stafford's more than capable of working with the tools they had and those that they continue to add.
0: I'm going to go with, the san francisco 49ers Ooh. yeah i'm gonna again back to what i've been preaching throughout this whole segment uh, offensive line definitely the most important thing let's protect jimmy g i love the trent williams signing i don't i mean is it a lot of money yes but you needed it's a position of need that need, that needed to be kept in-house and i love the alex max signing as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's going to improve the run game and i think they'll they won't be the Niners of last year. I think that team's going to be a lot better. Uh, they struggled with injuries. It was pretty apparent off the gate. I don't expect that this year. Plus, I, I like that they brought Jason Verrett back.
1: Great signing as well. Um, mm-hmm. Nice way to shore up that secondary and to protect Jimmy G going forward um, if they want to keep Jimmy G, honestly. Um, yeah, just, just just to feed dial for that. And
0: yeah, and it gives them, I find it just gives them so much more flexibility in the draft. Well. absolutely
1: absolutely that's one less position that they have to or two less positions that they really have to worry about addressing through the draft
0: exactly so on the two-point culture podcast we also like to talk a little nba a little bit of basketball coming up very soon is the nba trade deadline chase and i we kind of trot down a couple of names who we think could be potentially on the move and maybe a couple of teams that we think could fit those players and where we or where we'd like them to go i should say um chase you want to start this off here who's some of your trade candidates and even on a side note how do you feel about the trade deadline coming up do you think there's gonna be a lot of movement do you think it's gonna be all talk no bite like how do you see this kind of playing out
1: so i believe it was two years ago we were fairly spoiled with the trade deadline and ever since then we've been spoiled with free agency in between so this year i don't know how what the projection is i just don't think it'll be the hype of what 2019 was
0: yeah i think so too
1: um now as for trained candidates uh i took a minute to look through teams and teams needs and see you know who's been discussed moving and i'm gonna start off with a simple one and i'm gonna say victor oladipo should go to the hornet I do think that he addresses the team's position of need at the shooting guard. And quite frankly, he's been talked about being moved ever since he got in Houston. So why not send him to somewhere that could use him and potentially end up being a competitor, maybe a fifth seed going into the playoffs?
0: I actually think that's a really good fit for both on both sides. I even think that the assets that they'd probably get back, I'm not going to speculate on what they would be, um, but I do think that the assets going back could also really benefit... The Rockets, and it'd be kind of nice to see Air Jordan's team get into the uh, playoffs picture there, and and at least, or even a nice little playoff run. I think that would build some buzz. That team needs it.
1: Oh, of course, man. I mean, and no matter what we do, shot like it's a historical team. Like they've they've been linked to the league forever, even when they moved and came back. Like, absolutely. They they're they're not far off. They're just a few pieces and like maybe a few twitches away. And I think Oladipo produces. Nice depth at the shooting guard position for them.
0: Best team colors? Best team colors. Hmm. Would you put Hornets up there?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that turquoise and that purple always look kind of nice together, right? So, yeah, for um,
0: sure. I, I think depot would look great in that color, to be honest. That's a really good fit. I think as it's as a
1: low-key to. move. I don't think anybody's really discussing that too much, but I really do think Victor can go there.
0: My second fit is this.
1: We all know big men can still run the league. There's no big man that's been talked about more about probably being released or traded than Andre Drummond. I and like I see Andre, I like I listen, the Celtics, we need this man. Whoa. Listen, we need this over here, C's. You're going up against the Nets in the playoffs. They're they're not yeah. gonna play around for um going into the playoffs, man. They're they're re-upping, and all they're doing is adding talent. Now, you may get lucky against playing the Nets because, you know, they're a bench. We don't know – we know everybody's history, but you want to secure that spot going in Celtics, please get on to Andre Drummond. See what they need. See what the Cavs need. Or, if you already know, wait for the buyout to happen and approach that.
0: Yeah. No, that'd be a good move for the Celtics for sure. Um, Definitely need a big – they definitely need some help up they front, especially on the rebounding man. side as well.
1: Of course, man. They haven't been able to rep- to replace the production of Al Horford. And on top of that, like Andre Drummond is a nice combo, um, whether in the paint, outside, uh, just his pr- sheer presence alone, is going to be much more intimidating than Thice. No disrespect That's to Theis either.
0: Side note though, do you think that they could resign him?
1: I have to look at their contract to... Get a specific answer on that one, but um, that—that's the only thing that may actually hinder the plan. But yeah. listen, nobody's. A lot of teams may be building towards next year. The Celtics are trying to win now, and that's yeah. the biggest thing. Tatum and Brown—we're only going to sit around and wait to see how much this gels before it doesn't, and then they decide we have to. Because Danny Ainge is no stranger to moving people sporadically. Yeah. So we sh- Celtics need to capitalize on this more than now more than ever. To continue along, uh, my last one. Listen, I think the Clippers need a point guard.
0: I uh, agree with you 100.
1: And I think Philly's got a lot of them to give away, man. Shake Milton, get on the phone, see what you guys can do. Clippers, get get that move going. Um, Pat Beverly is a great defensive point guard, but you need a little bit more depth at that position. And you guys have four power forwards on your roster, as I just looked it up before. That coincidentally, that's a good move. The Sixers need. So either if you want to, don't give up Serge, don't give up Mark Keith. Guess what? You still have, I'm sorry, one second. I'm going to double check this just to be sure. Clippers, at power forward currently, you have Serge Ibaka, Nicholas Batum, Marcus Morris, and I believe there was Patrick Peterson. Get on the yeah. phone, get Shake Milton for yourselves
0: and I don't think it would cost them that much either.
1: Probably not.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if Philly, I one okay, well, that could open up a spot for them to use to sign somebody.
1: Oh, a hundred percent a cap too.
0: casualty. So I could it actually could benefit both teams in a sense.
1: Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I have for NBA free agency right now. Those are the three moves that I think should happen. Tomorrow. Yeah, you
0: and you. <laughs> so. <laughs> On my side, I mean, you kind of alluded to it. The Clippers need a point guard. Uh, I really think that Lonzo Ball would fit there. Right back it's a, to LA. Yeah, it would be a big move, though. And I don't know if the logistics of the deal could work. But if they can somehow maybe find a third team that takes some salary. Um, yeah, if you can get Lonzo Ball into the Clippers. the Clippers roster and into that depth chart i think that would open up the floor for Kawhi and for paul george i think that would really benefit those guys and would you i i would even argue that lonzo off the bench would really work for them too
1: oh i'm right there with you man if you can because there's no it's it's no secret that they do need the depth of that so i'm not even suggesting that they have to move patrick beverly to get this keep patrick beverly coming off coming up and have him mentor Lonzo. Lonzo can be great. I mean, we we know what the ceiling can be. We've seen a lot more of the floor than the ceiling, unfortunately. Right. But I really do think that he could fit in. And I think that if there's any coach that may be able to help him out a little bit more, it might just be Doc Rivers. Oh, wait, no. Ty Tylo.
0: Got you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it's a, just a fit in general. And he kind of would... Be in a sense like a van fleet mm-hmm. for that team where you need him for some big moments he may be able to deliver and I, th- I think that would also help Kawhi. plus he's very good defensively which they're going to be going through the, the west as you know is jam-packed with really strong uh, point guards having him match up against some of those guys down the stretch might be really helpful
1: listen having fresh legs to go against chris paul and um Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley are no, is never a bad thing, let alone whatever has to happen uh, in that battle of L.A. itself.
0: For sure. Um, who else do I have? Okay, I got Aaron Gordon going to the Phoenix Suns. Wow. Yeah. To me, this fits perfect for them. I know they tried to get Aaron Gordon last year. It didn't. It fell through, unfortunately. Uh, I think he'd be a great number four on the Suns behind Booker, Paul, and Aiden. Mm-hmm. Um gives him some size in the paint, and he's also not a bad defender either. So I just feel like that's, from an organizational standpoint, that would be a great fit. And yeah, I, I think personally I, I'd like to just have a couple of games of Paul lobbing him passes just to see how that would go.
1: <laughs> see if they look like the old, uh, C, the old Steve Bash and Amari Sotomayor, new Chris he, Paul and uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I think, the, I think the suns need to make an impact though at the deadline. I think they need to establish themselves as a real contender, and I think this would be one move that could really you know define them
1: Oh absolutely I mean every move in the west is crucial right now, and we're gonna get to them late later, but uh you gotta move up all those Lakers are a little staggered and on the ropes a little bit so
0: absolutely finally, my last one I have is Larry Nance Jr. Okay. And I have him going to the Utah Jazz just because they're in a similar situation as the Suns right now. Okay. They need to make a move that will help them for the they're, they're kind of looking for your playoff push. And I think that that's a guy that can come off the bench. He's got some, especially on the depth side, he would definitely help them out. Um, You can kind of work him into the rotation every now and then as well. Uh, I think his scoring would actually go up on that team as well. Uh, I have Larry Nance Jr. I think going to he going to the utah jazz i think that's just a, a perfect fit for him
1: and not and to couple it with the fact that if they decide to play tall yeah, I mean, yep. R- rudy and him on inside the paint is going to be a dangerous combo to go against
0: for sure and it creates some nightmares for some teams going absolutely you know going into the playoff run i mean if they match up with the blazers you can kind of say that's a bit of a mismatch for the blazers
1: Zach, not to hold you too much, but I just got an update speaking of one of your trade candidates. Yep. Um both the Atlanta Hawks and the Chicago Bulls are aiming for Lonzo ball. And talks around Atlanta are involving Cam Reddish. Oh that's, that's 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 my
0: quick update for you. And who is that via? Uh
1: that one came via I'm sorry,
0: the ringer. Perfect. Shout out ringer. Shout out the ringer. No free shout outs. Yeah, so I, I I mean, hey, anything's possible. This is The cool thing about the NBA trade deadline is there's always one or two players that kind of nobody expects that gets moved.
1: All right, so on that note, what's the most notable trade that, or the most memorable trade that you remember out of all the trade deadlines that you can think of?
0: Out of all of them that I can think of? Yes, just, just uh, a quick,
1: the quick first name that comes in.
0: Well, quick one right away is, uh, I think, well, Gasol, right? for the raps that was that was one that really popped off as much as i am a Lakers fan i do support the raptors and i do want them to be successful because just because it is canada's team let's be honest here and um yeah he was one guy that i thought really can really push them over the edge when i saw them make that move i'm like that's a really smart strategic move to help them you know get over the milwaukee's
1: the
0: mm-hmm. 76ers and, and even into the, when once they even got into there, I think he became a bit of a bit of a nightmare matchup for, for golden state as well. Right. Absolutely. So that's, that's one that just kind of drops off my head. I mean, given some time, I'm sure I can think of some other ones, of but. Course. So you, for me, listen, I'm going to take it back a little
1: bit. We're going to go into the two thousands we're going to go to Tracy oh McGrady boy. when he was once upon a time on the Orlando Magic and he got tra- sent to the Houston to- oh, wow Houston Rockets
0: Houston Rockets Francis
1: yeah. yes that franchise yes every time i think of the nba trade deadline i still remember going on to nba.com seeing that trade posted and i was like Steve Francis for Tracy McGrady does this add up but yeah yeah and guess who won that who won that trade <laughs> Not Yao. <laughs> <laughs> he saw himself to the bench shortly after that one.
0: So, uh... <laughs> um, okay. But we were talking before about players that might jump off or might surprise. Are there any on the Toronto Raptors that you think might get moved? Because Toronto's struggling right now. They're they're not the team we expected them to be. We'll say, I guess, expectations have been kind of halted a bit and it does seem that this team might be looking more towards the future than the present right now.
1: So when it comes to the Raptors, what I will say is this, it's, they're a great team. They're starting five, maybe even their six man coming off the bench. They're a really, really good team. I do still think that the window is not fully closed yet and that there's actually opportunity for it. But I think the biggest problem that comes to them is um, the production off their bench. Right. I don't know necessarily how they should be addressing this, but you can't have – I'll give you an example. On Friday, they played the Utah Jazz. Um, if you looked at the scores versus scores, the Raptors outscored – the Raptors starters outscored, outscored the Utah Jazz scores by 10 points. But then you go to the bench and the predict- productivity was only six points. So right. I don't really know who they should be bringing in, unfortunately. But I do know that they have to adapt to better role players and maybe one, one bigger name, one big name to that can grab it. So what they have to do is whoever is coming up in the offseason to be a free agent and the most, like, get to it. Don't waste time, Toronto. Figure out what you need to do to get this window open because you still have a lot of the pieces that made that, that championship run possible.
0: Personally, I'm gonna flip it a little bit. I think they should kind of go into selling mode right now. I'm. I think that you have some assets that I don't think. I don't think they can get any higher than what they currently are right now. And by holding on to them, it's a depreciating ass, asset, and it's going to hurt the value in a trade. So a guy like Norman Powell, I would definitely consider moving right now. Um, It was apparent at the beginning of the season. I mean, you and I discussed this uh, off mic, obviously. When they went into free agency and they signed Baines and Len Mm -hmm. as their big men, that was a big red flag for me. I couldn't understand how you would go from Ibaka and Gasol to those two guys and expect to compete. Um, it became more and more apparent as the season went on that they really struggled with the big guys. Uh, Chris Boucher, love the guy, from Montreal, respect him, but he's not—he's not an impactful player, we'll say.
1: Right, respect, and I, I understandably so. I mean, we're talking about um, when we're we're putting him in the same boat as you know. Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka, you're not going to get that type of productivity exactly. from Chris Boucher, right?
0: I think he's great off the bench. Don't get me wrong, I still think he's a good player and I think he's a useful player. That that body is just not an NBA body. Let's let's get that out of the way. He's it's not it's not a guy who should be starting in your lineup night in and night out. That's a guy who should be coming off the bench sporadically or game situations. We'll say that. Um they need they need talent, but the problem is, is I don't think they can attract it in free agency this year.
1: No, that's a really hard thing. And it's only becoming becoming harder apparently for the Raptors because even though Toronto is caught a major wave for being a bigger city than what it was when it first came into the league. Right. It's it's still players are speculative about coming to Canada to play.
0: Absolutely. That's
1: that's playing away from home, further away from home than planned. Yep. You know, a lot of, if you ever listen to things like DeMar DeRozan, when he first got drafted, he said he didn't even have a passport, which makes you think like how many NBA players like actually have their passport to come up here to play. So that's always something else to consider. Um, But yeah, no, I totally agree with you on those factors of Chris Boucher. And I do think he is a great player. But the other thing is, I looked this up yesterday and Chris Boucher is 28 years old. So he's already yep. in like his NBA playing body, Prime. and he's not gonna grow any more than that. No. So you're gonna have four, pl- three players the same build technically, like on the roster. Yeah. It's not gonna work out. Like, and you need something bigger than Alex Baines and um, Alex Len. Sorry, Aaron Baines and Alex Len. Yep. Zach will vouch for this. I personally don't like Aaron Baines, but <laughs> uh, let's leave that there. Aaron Baines. Hey, you made it to the league. I salute you. I'm not gonna you know, crap all over you for that, but for uh, sure. I'm just not the biggest Aaron Baines supporter.
0: Yeah. And I, I, again, like, I just, I feel that right now, maybe it's best to start looking at the future and, you know, maybe, maybe you can exp- explore those trade offers for Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell and kind of see what you're getting from these guys, um, see what teams will offer you. I mean, you could create a bidding war for some of these guys and, and really maximize the value coming back um i i know it kind of sucks but the nucleus is still pretty young that if you take maybe two steps back and two years away it might benefit you you know going forward or you draft well and maybe you can turn some of those prospects into potential trade chips that you can move for a potential superstar with a long-term contract later on who knows right
1: this, this week becomes a very interesting week going forward for the NBA. I mean, we're only four days away from the trade deadline. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm very excited to see what they're going to do, man. Like, um, until, uh, but the Raptors need to make a, a pull. Something, something has to happen for them to either shift somebody down to the bench, one of their starters, or, you know, just get the elevated talent around them to get productivity, get rolling off the bench.
0: Is it worth it though to make a big push right now when you know that you're probably going to get one of the big four in the first round?
1: Um, the only
0: and I get at, it there at this
1: point, like maybe not. I mean, depending on the seating of where they go, but right, unless they're you know, they get somebody that allows them the opportunity to run the table. Um,
0: and I get it. The... And I get it—the championship experience that the roster has. Just get them there, and they'll—they'll they'll figure it out. They'll take care of it. But like, it's been apparent now that you know, Siakam's on a one. Um, Too much know.
1: inconsistency, man.
0: Too exactly. much inconsistency. Um, OG, although he has taken some positive steps, I don't know exactly where he fits in offensively. Um, we don't
1: know how much tread's
0: left on Kyle's tires either. Right, and then you know Van Fleet too has had some inconsistency issues.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: So, if if I'm a Raptors fan, I mean it's going to be a in the next couple of weeks are going to be very interesting. We'll say that. Speaking about being interesting, uh, Lakers, <laughs> they're in an interesting Let's situation right Talk about right now. the
1: Lake Show.
0: I mean, it's not going well over there. Um, AD got hurt, and now. LeBron just rolled the ankle and I think he's going to be out indefinitely as well. If you're a Lakers fan right now, it's panic mode. I thought, you know, previously I was, I, I figured, you know, even with AD out, at least LeBron can kind of keep this team 500 and and, and keep them winning some games and being competitive um, in the short term. But having both those guys out, that's, that's a big problem. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how some of these guys are going to respond. But, hey, this is, this is why you get paid the big money, right? The guys like Gasol, the guys like Kyle Kuzma, they got to basically rally everybody around them and try to guide them to at least playing 500 basketball until these guys can come back.
1: You're absolutely right. So, but we, so we don't know the extent of what LeBron's injury is going to be.
0: At this moment, no.
1: At this moment, no. So we just know it's an ankle. Um, we've seen Anthony Davis already with the calf out for a much more extended period of time than anticipated originally. Right. And what gets scary for the Lakers is as you get closer to playoffs, that seeding drops and you don't really want to come in at a six or seven seed where you might have to face the Suns that are, and then decide to get, Oh, we'll we have to get reacclimated and rewarmed up for this workload. That's about to come. Um, I don't know how far of big trouble you guys are actually in. I do just not like the timing of these injuries and some of the things that have happened, unfortunately. Uh, You still have the position. You still have the keys to make moves or to make moves going forward. But right now, I wouldn't be too thrilled just by what, what has been happening, especially over the course of the last 24 hours for LeBron James
0: going into the trade deadline, I'd be very cautious because you don't want to make a move. That's a panic move right Mm -hmm. now and ruin what could be long-term, you know, cap situation or flexibility. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess right now it's basically just wait and see if you're the Lakers. It's tough though. I mean, this is probably like their worst scenario right now.
1: This is definitely the worst timing for this scenario. The only time it probably would have been worse is game one of the playoffs. Um, yeah but i mean you play sports injuries are going to happen unfortunately it just Absolutely. happens to suck that you know uh, defending team trying to get back into that one seed two seed talk uh, right behind the right behind the utah jazz and the phoenix suns and your two biggest players have gone down with injuries so um lakers fans i feel for you i'm empathetic no, you of don't. you guys for that but uh listen sees all day uh- <laughs>
0: i'll say this adversity is key and facing it can really define the character of a team and I'm, i'm very curious to see how it defines them absolutely so just before we wrap this up we like to play a little segment game here on the two point culture podcast and it's called catch or fade so catch is if you agree or like the question slash subject that we were discussing or fade which is more disagree and don't like it let's start off first March Madness is upon us I think everybody I can speak for everybody by saying everyone's bracket is not just you know broken it's actually shattered it's pulverized. it's completely pulverized I know mine is for sure upsets in March Madness this year it's been incredible fun but is this a preview for future tournaments catch or fade
1: I'm going to go with fade. Um, you know, I think the pandemic affected everything much more than anticipated. A lot of teams, even that should be in the tournament today, like uh, the Oregon game that was supposed to be played yesterday, I believe. Right. Uh, Oregon VCU. Um, you know, that game was out, obviously canceled just because of um, safety protocols by COVID and Oregon advances. I don't think that this continues on for much um going forward for the seasons but what i do think is unfortunately right now we're just paying the tithes of wow how do i want to phrase this um paying for the sins of time right essentially like we we can't really do anything about this as long as you know we hope players are safe we hope the coaching facilities safe, we hope every the student athletes are safe but um no i don't really see this becoming too much of a trend and i really do Hope that this is kind of where it ends. So I'm going to go with fade on this one.
0: I'm going to go with catch on this one. I'm going to take a different approach. um It's uh, the COVID issue has been big this year, and you know, I, I mean, we've seen some players are tweeting out saying that they don't their their heads aren't fully in the bubble and into this tournament. They're kind of they kind of want out basically, but. I'm going to stay away from that. The reason, the, the way I'm going with this one is I think it's going to be a catch because it, it seems to be now that prospects, high level high school prospects, instead of going to, the uni- going to universities and going to these NCAA big schools such as Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, a lot of them now have the G League as an option. For those of you who don't know, the G League is like basically the minor league system of the NBA. The G League has set up a system where 18-year-olds can now join their league. They'll pay for your schooling online. And you get to basically travel and prepare yourself mentally for the NBA. It's very, I think that's a very interesting new perspective because i'm curious to see how many high school recruits especially the top you know the five-star recruits are actually going to go that direction instead of going the ncaa way personally like it's going to be a lot more miraculous this tournament it's going to be a lot um it's gonna be a lot harder to determine because no longer are we going into this okay, we have this school who has this superstar and he's going to score 20 points and they're going to win. It might be more of a team game. And when I see team games and I, I, I'm even looking at this tournament, the teams with seniors who have been there and played, and have played together for years seem to have more experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I'm going with that one. I'm, I'm going to catch this.
1: So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stand on different sides of that one. So, Zach, as you know... Um... Drake took a moment and he released Scary Hours 2 while we all wait for his uh, anticipated album, Certified Lover Boy." I don't know how much more that one's going to be p- pushed back, but where do you stand on this album, Zach's uh, EP? Catch or fade? How do you feel about Scary Hours 2?
0: It's a catch for me. I, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought while it may have not have been his best work, I think uh, lyrically it was definitely up there and it was just solid from from top to bottom i thought the bars that he spent that he was spitting on um lemon pepper freestyle was was ridiculous i I thought he was on a whole nother level i'm very curious to see though how certified lover boy goes it, it, if this is a, a prelude to that wow we're running for a treat as far as i'm concerned so
1: <laughs> um I'm gonna go with fade. I uh, don't. I'm not, and I'm only saying this in respect to you know Drake's artistry and where this may line up in his lines of work prior. Right. Um, I feel like we've heard this Drake before, and that he's done a better version of this already. Uh, That's no disrespect. I mean, will I say he was rapping his ass off? Absolutely. Um, but no, I think that. Maybe these are the songs that didn't make it onto Certified Lover Boy, and that he had to release to you know give the people something. But uh, no, as for where this ranks solely in music of Drake versus Drake, I'm gonna go with Fade. I feel like he's done this but better prior. Not to say he wasn't rapping his ass off, really. That's okay, all.
0: okay, that's oh, it. I like that take there. <laughs> um, I'll Drake, tell you one, one thing though. Drake's gonna if... come find us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you one thing though, I'm curious to see if he ever goes on to verses.
1: There's only one. There's only two artists he can go on to verses with, in my opinion. Kanye. No, not even Kanye West. Damn. Not even. I would Kanye love to West. see him and Kanye go on. Not it. even Kanye West. One of them is Wayne. Yep. Because just because of the catalog. And the other is Jay Z, and respectively, I... because they're the two best of what they do, and.
0: No, I think I think Jay Z has better matchups.
1: See, listen, <laughs> there's a Drazy lyric for everything, so I'm not gonna go too far into that one. Okay, but but, but listen, um, I I don't know how to cut it, but I don't even know. I don't see Hove losing, respectively, 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 <laughs> respectively. I don't see Hove losing that. If that is the case, I mean King Hove, yeah, King Hove, man, <laughs> King Hove, you saw you've heard what it uh, what it feel like from hove where he's like um scorpion bricks way before aubrey double disc 40 on my lap clap sound yep. like 40 did listen that's a different set of rapping for somebody who's 50 that's years true. old so yeah, yeah no hove uh, fade certified lover boy respect uh wow just that quick uh, scary, scary hours, hours too yeah too yeah uh, that's respectively, fine respectively uh, drake you know
0: speaking of versus ghostface raekwon last night catcher fade how did you did you enjoy it not i where are you on that
1: i enjoyed what i caught from it um i didn't know what to expect from it primarily because they appear so often together um i'm a very big ghostface fan i do like ghosts more than rake no disrespect to raekwon either um Listen, Ghost came out with the Gold Eagle on, man. That was... <laughs> that's, true. that's it. Like, that's the signature. But uh, no, uh, respectively, I'm, I'm rocking with Ghostface on this one. Uh,
0: but in terms of overall, though, you oh, you would definitely uh, say... I
1: would, I would catch Versus, for sure. Um, yeah. There's not been very many disappointing matchups. It's really great to see your favorite artists go against each other in such a manner that displays their catalogs. If you guys haven't seen Versus, I suggest... Check it out; they are listed online. You'll see some great battles like uh, Snoop versus DMX or yep. Ludacris versus Nelly. If you want to get into your R and B bag, there's even the greatly debated Jagged Edge versus One Twelve battle. Like, there's there's a lot. So uh, take a minute, uh, take the hour and a half, enjoy some great music. Uh, versus, just signed a deal, deal with Triller. Um, they're on their way up. Congrats to Swiss Beats and
0: Timberland. I just thought both, both these guys, the catalog, and even just the way they they chose each song was, was perfect. I, you could tell there was a little bit more thought and thought process mm-hmm. into, into this. Um, one, on one last note, I would love to see Ghostface and Raekwon versus Method Man, Red Men.
1: <laughs> That, that might be the one and that will always be interesting, just especially because of the features that they probably all do have together. Uh, sure. you know, being woo and all, um, verse math April 20th
0: definitely want to catch that um, on that note I think this kind of wraps up our episode once again I'd, i like just wanted to take a little moment thanks for everyone involved in this process especially on our side on the back end uh, much appreciated also thanks to the list to the listeners for sticking with us through this it's gonna be a little rough at times but you know we'll get there Um Chase, any last words that you want to throw um,
1: in? Guys, thank you for those that have reached out or that we've reached out to to help us in getting this production going. We look forward to all of your feedback, support. Um, just to keep this thing moving, and Zach, I look forward to working with you in general, man. I. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun time for us and even just a great outlet through whatever we are going through in our everyday to day lives, man. So, um, no, thank you guys for the time. Thank you guys for, uh, the, uh, just the time to listen to us. Uh, thank you for in advance for the constructive criticism that will come.
0: And, uh, yeah, I look forward to, you know, doing more of these with you. For sure. And if, if there's any issues with the audio, please, you know, Just kind of bear with us through this. We're doing it on Zoom right now. It may be a little choppy at times, especially on the audio side. Um, I mean, eventually Chase and I will probably be in the same room while we release this. In the meantime, please subscribe. um, You know, like, comment, anything. Our socials, our Instagram handle, to the number point culture. All one word. That's to the number. Point culture, all one word. And for Twitter, it's at two the number and then it's PT culture. Uh that's two the number PT culture. Personal Twitter at Zach Dolivera. Chase, anything else you'd like to plug? Uh you can follow me at Chase2PC on Twitter. Um
1: the socials will actually be released into the description of our podcast. And that's it, guys. You know, we thank you again. We look forward to seeing you guys next week and please like subscribe and follow and continue to rock with us. If you guys have segment ideas too, we're always open to hearing new creative ideas to how we can approach our subjects. That's the two PC and peace.